Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome into episode 149. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. We're coming up on kickoff. We're six weeks from this Thursday, which feels like a shorter amount of time, but it's not it's not going to get here any faster, I don't think. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling how I told you earlier today that I feel like we're officially in the phase where it feels both close and far away at the same time, which is kind of like a special sort of hell to be trapped in, you know, like <laughs> I like because I'll sometimes like I, I had SEC media days on today and obviously we had Big 12 last week and it feels like so tangible. Like once you start talking about like real matchups and real games, it's like, oh, this is like so close. And then I think about like I think about what six weeks ago was and how that feels like a really long time ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're not as close as I want to be at all. Six weeks ago was like. I guess we'll be beginning of June. Yeah. So like I, yeah, I, I think like the end of May up. doesn't feel recent at all to me. And that's what six weeks ago would have been. Oh, I wish I was kind of feeling better about it. I wish you wouldn't have said it that way. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. It's far. I'm just here to depress. But we are going to talk about like actual matchups and actual players and teams, which makes it feel closer. Before we do that, we have a five-star review question that um, it feels like Christian might've sent this in himself. It is uh, could you put together the best possible order for someone going to Olive Garden for the first time in their life? I know nothing about the menu. The, I, I feel like the first, like the, the question itself, fair question, but when they added, I know nothing about the menu, it made me feel like this was like a plant. Well, I promise it was not me. It was Boogie Woogie 87. So thank you, Boogie Woogie 87 for this amazing <laughs> question. Um, I, I actually like I'm excited to answer, but it also like I felt a little tear in my heart at the idea that someone could not know anything about Olive Garden because it's such an amazing place. <laughs> and I wish it would be a larger part of everyone's lives. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't specify which one of us is supposed to answer this. So you could take it if you want. No, this is your this is a question. Toward, <laughs> this is like when we were asked a Taylor Swift question and like we can both answer it, but there's clearly one person that's was aimed at. All right. Well, let me go ahead and hop in then. So I want to clarify before I begin that this is not the best Olive Garden order. This is the best Olive Garden order for someone who has never been before. I want to be crystal clear about that. So if you have never been to Olive Garden, I, I'm not going to hit you with an appetizer because I feel like that's overkill for your first time at a restaurant because, you know, you do get a super salad with Olive Garden. So here's what you do when you get to Olive Garden. If you're a salad person, get the salad. Their salad is delicious. If you're a soup person, I would recommend the pasta visual. It is their best soup. It goes with everything. It's a tomato-based sauce. It's got little noodles in there and beef and a couple different kinds of beans, some carrots, celery. It is delicious. It is fantastic. Start with the pasta visual if you're going to soup. Start with salad if you like salad. You can't go wrong. For your entree, I am going to recommend the Tour of Italy. The Tour of Italy is awesome because you get three different classic Olive Garden dishes. You get fettuccine alfredo, which is fantastic. You get chicken parmesan, which is fantastic. And you get lasagna, which is fantastic. So it's like a little smaller portion of each one, and you get to sort of try them all together as one thing. By the way, if you're hearing me laugh a little bit, I just, I've had to try saying that nine different times. This is the worst we've ever had to edit the podcast because I'm having a breakdown as a person right now. But yes, Tour of Italy is the choice for you for your entree. And then for dessert, I know you might be thinking tiramisu. I am going to recommend the chocolate brownie lasagna, which is a fantastic choice for a first-time guest. Unless it is fall when they have the pumpkin cheesecake, get the pumpkin cheesecake. So that is my Olive Garden order. To recap, pasta visual or salad, tour of Italy, chocolate brownie lasagna, have a lot of the breadsticks. That's it. I was going to say, you hadn't mentioned the breadsticks yet, which was surprising, but I guess that's kind of... You would think it's a given, but if someone doesn't know anything about the Olive Garden menu, then... And I don't know, they bring them anyway, I guess. So they'd be like a surprise for that person if you hadn't mentioned them. But listen, man, yeah. I hope I can edit that all together because I seriously, I've had, that's the worst breakdown in the history of our podcast. You won't know because by now the magic of editing, but I had to try, I think five different times to to get through that. Yeah, four or five, cool. I think. Yeah. You want me to give like an answer of like what I get? I haven't been to Avgarn in a while because your boy has a sensitive stomach and it is, has not been a good thing for me. But you want me to give you my order? Yeah, is it going to be like really bland? I don't know. Hit me with it. I don't know. You, I've been to Olive Garden with you, so I don't know. Okay, it's... wait. You're right, but what do you get? Actually, you haven't been with me anytime recently because if you no, I know I haven't been since we college. Often don't go. Yeah, you haven't been to Olive Garden since college, or you haven't been with no. me since college. I haven't been to Olive Garden since college. Oh, you know where we should go on Saturday? No. You know where we should go? No. It, it uh, we're not great. going. We're not going. We might go. You know they why? Have... I don't. I don't want to give anybody the details of why I haven't been since college. But let's just say I got three three straight times that I went to Olive Garden. I got really sick, and I don't know why why that was. 
Yeah, and so, I didn't appreciate it because I remember this happening, and you were a little accusatory of Olive Garden, which I didn't like. Because I think this no, is a you problem no, and not an Olive no. Garden problem. It probably I mean, it probably is, and I don't think I was accusatory. I think it was when we were in Louisville. You suggested going there, and I was like, I don't really want to go there. Last few times I've been. Oh, but didn't we I've go really when sick. we were in Louisville? No, we didn't. Oh, you're right. We went to we the, went to yeah we went to the bourbon place. We went to the bourbon place, and one of our friends ordered. Okay, quick quick tangent. We went to I probably I probably said this on the podcast at the time. We did back in 2021, we went to Louisville. We did an episode from Louisville and we went with a couple of our college friends. And Louisville is known for its bourbon. I believe bourbon is from Kentucky. I'm not a big alcohol person. I've mentioned that before in the podcast, but I was like, we should go drink some incredibly expensive bourbon because that that this seems like the place to do it, right? And so we found a place and it was like a it was like a nicer place, but not like a you're dressing up type place, if that makes sense. And they the the menu was ridiculous like there were pours of whiskey on this menu that were going for there was like a 700 dollars pour we weren't buying that obviously but like the point was like literally to get like a sip it was going to be like at least like 60 70 bucks and the person comes and was like showing us things on the menu and they were like and what can i recommend for you and i was like i will have the very weird word one here and thank you and our one friend who makes a lot of poor choices in life he pauses and he goes which of these would go good with coke <laughs> And yeah. to the to the person, well, actually, that person, the the woman paused, said nothing for like three full seconds, and goes, "Jim Beam," and then she left though, and brought like this was this was such a big deal they had to leave to get a different person to come speak to us because because uh he wanted Coke with his with his uh whiskey and this person came back and took the task very seriously and like recommended this one that he said mixes very well with the flavors and is very smooth and all that and. Honestly, mine made me cough a lot, and he seemed to really enjoy his, so he probably won. But it was just I didn't even funny. I didn't even remember that part of it. I just remembered that, and, and it's funny because like since then, I'd say like my go to drink is a Jack and Coke. So like I don't really blame him, but it just was funny for the setting that we were in for him to say that. No, Jack that and was, Coke's great. Yeah, yeah. My go to drink is an old fashioned because I'm fancy. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a grown up thing to do. Um, I never even gave my caught my olive garden. You did not. What is your olive garden? Way too long on this. Can I guess? Um, Can I guess what it is? Sure. Do you get super salad? I guess it's not a guess. That's just me asking you what you get. Never mind. You just do your order. (laughs) The pasta pajul, like you said, uh, the chicken alfredo, and then I don't really, I don't get a dessert, so it's just that. So your go-to order is my go-to order. That's what I almost always. Oh, is it? I mean, I don't. don't, Yeah. Okay. We haven't been together in years, so you wouldn't know. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Man, I really hope if I, I I'm just gonna say what it was with the I when I was trying to talk about the tour of Italy, I tried to say entree and I said Andre instead, and for some <laughs> reason I just couldn't recover from that. Like I couldn't get through it without breaking. We've literally had anyone, to record that like five times. It's extremely relatable for anyone. It doesn't even have to be like a, a recording. It's just like if you ever have been trying to tell a joke or you've been trying to say something and then you mess it up and then you like try to redo it, you just start to think about how you messed up yes. the joke or how you messed up, and that's why it took four or five more tries to get you get so in your own head and after the first like three tries bailey said i'm just gonna shut off my camera so you can't see me and that won't like trigger you into laughing and then he shuts it off and all i'm thinking is like it it may be shut off but like he's still there like he's still dying laughing i just a man that was really i i can't believe that we're 149 episodes in and the only thing even more than that really really we're 149 main episodes i think we're like 158 total with the bonus and the emergencies and all that and the emergencies, like really serious things have happened. That did sound <laughs> drastic. The emergency podcast. Dramatic. I don't think we've ever had to redo anything more than once. And I literally had to try five different times to get that. So yeah. thank you, Boogie Woogie 87, for breaking the Pegasus podcast with a really good question that I just could not handle. That was awesome. What's great is like, it was like a question for you. And it was like, you were, you were the problem here. And... <laughs> The fact that like you had to try it so many times, I feel like we've been talking about this question for 20 minutes. But I, think I feel like we've been doing like, the podcast forever. And we by the time it's edited down, it'll probably be like five minutes. But I feel like we've been doing this for 15 minutes. At so least. do you ever get the thing? Because I was in what happened is I was really stressed out by the final take because I was so afraid that I was going to laugh. And it made me laugh somehow more like it's like I'm laughing and can acknowledge at the same time that it's truly horrible. I just that was that was an awful experience. That was truly <laughs> awful. Let's try to move on from it. <laughs> let's see if we can do that we're going to talk about the big 12 um and kind of do a little bit of a big 12 preview here and then if you remember if you're listening last year we did a um something called terrified level ratings which is something that we actually almost stole we probably bar- we borrowed it from another po- podcast i have a question because, about this yes because we borrowed it from the uh i was going to say from the lsu's athletic podcast from the athletics lsu podcast is that correct yes and yes. that podcast no longer exists 
Yeah. So I think we should it. just claim that we came up with this now. No, I was still going to credit the guy because I feel like it was just like it was a, Chris a cool Branch, idea. right? Yeah, Chris. Branch, it was a very so. cool idea, and we really enjoyed the episode last year. Why yeah. did that podcast end? The was athletic. That? Okay, that that pretty much just sums it up these days. It was very heavily insinuated that it was an athletic decision because they both the hosts seemed pretty. That's disappointing. You know, I saw for someone who is not in the LSU sphere at all. I feel like I saw a lot of that podcast content in my feed. I think it was very popular. So that is yeah. So we'll get to the we'll get to the terrified level ratings in a minute, but we'll talk about the Big Twelve preview first. Just a little bit about each team, and we're gonna go. You know, just instead of I don't know. I think we last year we did tier rankings of the AAC. We're just gonna go through the Big Twelve preseason media poll. And kind of talk a little bit about each team, kind of what to expect. And then as a little bit of a bonus, uh, a big game. I don't even know if it's like a must watch. I don't know what I want to call it, but like a game on each team's schedule. Most interesting really, game, I guess. Yeah, that's probably a good point. A good, a good way to call it. Um, We'll start with Texas. We're going to pick UCF pre- for every single team. But anyway, go ahead. I don't think I picked UCF for any of these teams. I actually don't think I did. That, oh, man, that's a bad look. I didn't even think about that. Um, All right, we've added ourselves as thinking UCF is not relevant in college football. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, Texas is the preseason favorite, and I unfortunately can see why. I think it's just, but there's so much talent, and it, it, with the Texas, I guess there's always a lot of talent. It's just whether or not they just collapse as a program year in and year out. Hopefully, they do. Yeah, I'd love to see Texas collapse. I think that'd be really swell. But I, I do, unfortunately, I'm with you. Where this isn't one of those things. Like I have seen some UCF fans being like, "Oh, typical." Welcome to the P5. Like Texas just gets handed. Like, first off, Texas hasn't been picked first in the preseason poll since 2009, which they did actually win it that year. And second, I'm I'm unfortunately of the opinion that I think they might actually be really good this year. And that would be bad. And the other thing is, I know we talk about last year, like, oh, last year they finished third in the Big 12. They went eight and five. But I think all or almost all of those losses were by single digits. Yeah, every single loss was by one score. So that they're, they were better than their record last year and they return a lot of talent, including Quinn Ewers, who is, probably has some Heisman hype. But I, I, it sucks because that would be such a lame way for this era of the Big 12 to... It's so weird because it's like a Big 12 era is ending and also starting this year since Texas and Oklahoma are still there and the new teams are in it. We just It would suck to end with Texas or Oklahoma winning the league. But like, man... I don't know about what will happen in the individual game, but I do feel like Texas is going to be there. It's a weird overlap year, like you said. It, it is. It's They have Ewers as a quarterback. Obviously, they have Arch Manning behind them as like the most hyped freshman since I don't even know who. Can I, I say know, a thing it? really quickly, just yes. so it's out there in the world and can come back to bite me in a couple of years? Sure, I think Arch think Manning is, is a bust. I absolute bust. I, I like I, I don't even think it's like a hot take. I don't understand. Like, A, there's no way he could live up to the hype just because of how ridiculous it is second he didn't do any camps at all his senior year which is like what you're supposed to do and that's where they really get evaluated he wasn't like in a super like he didn't play a lot of insane talent in high school i just i don't know it, this has bus written all over to me i don't buy it i'm very curious about it yeah i'm I'm very curious but yeah they have viewers they have xavier worthy who i don't know if he'll be a first round pick but he's gonna be one of the first receivers taken in the draft next year i think yeah i'd say he's worthy of a first round pick okay all uh, all five of their starters in the offensive line are back. They have six returning starters on defense. Obviously, they lost Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, but they're still they're just really good. I think they're going to be. It really feels good. so weird saying this stuff, and it's a team that UCF's in a conference with. But yeah, yeah. I think they don't Texas, get to play them, but or I don't. Yeah. I don't well, know they, they'll match up in the Big Twelve title game, I assume. But yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, it is um, definitely it, it's probably Texas is to lose going into the season. And I think for me, the game that I picked for this one is the Alabama game. I don't know how to really pick any other one. Yeah, I they picked play, Alabama. They play I... at Alabama on September 9th. That, you know what? As we'll go through more of this list, it'll bother me more and more. But that's at the same time that UCF will be playing Boise State. So I'm sorry. Oh, like, yeah. I am a very big college football fan, but I don't even think I'm going to. I have this whole weird thing with UCF. Like, I know I'm a freak, guys. Like, I, I fully acknowledge it's not healthy. Like, I get rabidly upset when anyone changes the channel, even during a commercial of a UCF game, because I don't want to risk missing any of it. Like, I get freaked out and it makes me nervous. So I don't think I'm going to catch like a second of Texas, Alabama. And that kind of sucks. I probably won't either. And then that's there's another game on this list, I think. Yeah, coming down here in a little bit that. I'm going to be sad to miss, but sure you know what would be the well. most Texas way this season would go is they go to and beat Alabama and then they lose at Baylor two weeks later. I feel like that would be the most Texas result, right? Yeah, I think so. I did think about this earlier. I had like a, a picture in my head of them going to Alabama. Like, Alabama is still, it's, they're Alabama, but they're this year supposed to be not 
as dominant, I guess. There's a chance this, we don't, we never know. It never works out the way we expect it to. But as of now, it seems like the expectation is that Alabama might be the worst it's been in like a decade plus, which by Alabama standards is still very good, but not like unstoppable, you know? Yeah. And I just have this thought in my head of Texas going to Alabama and losing by like 20. Like I, it wouldn't, I can it, see it, man. It wouldn't really affect Texas it. in the Big 12 um, standings, obviously, because it's the non-conference game. But I just like all this hype with Texas as the preseason favorite. Oh, they're going to Alabama because they're going to – or not because, but they'll be in the SEC next year. This is a big chance for them. And then just get absolutely – I was going to say it really wasted. would be the narratives of like welcome. I mean, aren't they two years removed from getting just obliterated by Arkansas? Like that's a low-level SEC team that they could not yeah. even hang with. So have fun, guys. But again, played, I have no ill will towards Texas. Them being selfish is why UCF is in the Power Five. They played Alabama pretty tough last year before. That was a game that – when Ewers got injured, right? Yes. And it was at so, Texas and yeah. Alabama also went on to lose two times. So clearly they were pretty terrible. Um, two yeah. times on one in overtime <laughs> and one on that insane kick. To two top 15 teams. Yeah. LSU finished top two top 25 teams at least. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Now on a number two, there's a second pick team, Texas, the Texas, Kansas state, big 12 title game. There'd be so many people rooting for Kansas state. They were picked to finish second. They won it last year um beating TCU and I think they're gonna be pretty good again this year yeah I mean it's they had an interesting season last year because they won the big 12 and I feel like got no credit for it because of TCU and the season they were having you know yeah that's kind of a weird spot to be in they also lost to how could how good could they be though if they lost to Tulane could you imagine losing to Tulane (laughs) (laughs) crazy but no I mean I think Kansas State is interesting because they are they they are not working with a ton of raw talent. They don't recruit like how the top teams in the PF have power five recruit. They don't even recruit like how UCF is now recruiting, which is a crazy thing to say, but they're kind of like, they sort of have that G5 mentality. And I mean that as a complete and total compliment where they are just really good. They have an amazing coaching staff, a really great head coach. They know how to identify the guys that fit what they want to do. And they just build these really freaking tough, gritty rosters. And I mean, they, they return a lot of talent. They're probably, they're probably at the big 12 is a freaking bloodbath. So you never know, but they have a good shot. Yeah, they got Will Howard at quarterback. They have a really good offensive line. They're replacing some key guys on defense that got drafted. You know, Julius Brents was one of their top corners. Um, Josh Hayes is another one who actually ended up in Tampa. And then uh, first-round pick, the edge rusher, Felix Enrique Uzama. Uzama. Um, so replacing like some NFL talent on their defense, but I still think their defense is going to probably just as – not I don't say just as good, but it'll be a good defense, and they'll be a pretty good team overall. Um it would be interesting to see because they, they did. It felt like they kind of came a little bit out of nowhere last year to make the Big 12 title game. Then they beat TCU, who was like having this storybook season. Obviously, TCU went on to the playoff anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and national championship game. I mean, like I said, it's I, I feel like if you ask the random college football fan, they might not realize TCU did not win the Big 12, which kind of sucks for Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the game I had for Kansas State is actually against TCU just because it feels like it'll be like a revenge game for TCU. And I could, can't see Kansas State still winning it and just kind of me having that over TCU also. So Kansas State, I actually had they have a road game at Missouri. And I had that because I would love, especially with Texas and Oklahoma, if there can be some opportunities for the Big 12 to win a little bit of respect against the SEC teams and sort of because they it's not like it's it's out of control, but there is still that general narrative that oh the SEC is just pulling away, the Big Ten is pulling away. And it would be kind of fun to remind people that oh hey, the Big 12 also pretty freaking good at football. Yeah, I love a good bit of narrative ball. Um it's always good. A lot of my uh, picks are narrative picks for best games, so be ready for that. I like it. Um, picked third to finish, or picked to finish third in the league is Oklahoma, who had I think was it their worst season in like fifty years last year or something. Fifty-five like that? years, I think, or something close to that. Years. Yeah, their first seven loss season since the sixties or seventies. Um, they have a quarterback who's pretty familiar to UCF fans. Sure is. When when yep. you last heard of Dylan Gabriel, he was transferring to UCLA, but now <laughs> he really. Yeah. I feel like it's just like last year. I. I was like, oh, he's an Oklahoma quarterback and he's really talented. Oklahoma, and I was like, let me put a little bit of a bet down on Dylan Gabriel to win the Heisman. That that way, like, I won't feel as like sad if he does. And then he it wasn't a good wasn't a good year for him. wasn't a good year for Oklahoma. I mean, his year um, was fine. Like his stats were it was fine bad by any means. I just Oklahoma was a mess last year. They were Their going defense a coach transition. Awful. Yeah, and um, I know that they had. I mean, I like I don't understand because obviously Jeff Levy, we we he was UCF's previous OC. He was a very good OC, clearly, but their offense just sort of like fell apart at times. I don't know what was going on. I guess it's just coaching staffs and rosters don't always gel that first year. You know, I, I feel well, like the in the transfer portal era, we've forgotten that it's not always immediate success. Yeah. The other thing is they went zero and five in one score games, mm. so like a lot of things that'll just do it. Didn't fall fall their way. 
Um, but they have Dylan Gabriel. They've got some pretty good running backs. If those, I mean, if those games flip, yeah, I, I can see why they're picked to finish third. Um, the game I had for them was the Texas game because they lost to Texas 49 to nothing last year, which I kind of forgot about. I yeah. think probably because Texas went up big early and I was like, all right, I'll turn it to another game because, like, who cares? Um, but, yeah, they lost 49 nothing, and that's obviously their big rivalry game. So, um, yeah. It, it, do we know if they're, like, going to be playing each other regularly still or no? Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. The arguably second most valuable television event in college athletics? Yeah, but like, are uh, yeah, they, like, I suspect I don't they'll be playing that game every. Year. Okay, I didn't know if they'd like done the SEC scheduling, like how they were how they were doing that. So like, that's actually divisions, right. That's actually where it's contentious because the two models they were arguing over, and they and they literally just kicked the can down the road. They're doing a temp schedule for 2024, then they'll argue about it mm-hmm. again. And the and the two models they were fighting over was staying at eight games, which eight league games in a 16 team league. That's odd to me. But the way that was going to work was you would have one permanent opponent, and then seven would rotate. Mm-hmm. And then if they moved okay. to nine games. It was going to be three permanent opponents and six rotate. And in each of those models, you play every team in the league twice in four years. But the issue with the one and seven was that then te- it was it was going to be Texas, Oklahoma, but then you're not going to get Texas, Texas A&M every year. That'll be mm. and every other year. And so that's where it was a little contentious. I think they're going to land on nine, to be honest. And then I think Texas, Texas is three when they did, when it was discussed this past offseason. We're going to be Oklahoma, A&M and Arkansas, I think, were their three. So yeah, mm. we'll get that game every year. But whatever model they decide, Texas and Oklahoma, that is literally, I yeah. think, only behind Ohio State, Michigan, and viewership each year. So that one's going to get that'll be played every well, year. I think we talked about this on the podcast. Maybe it was something we talked about in person, or maybe it was both. But with all the realignment and like how like oh some some of it's killing rivalries, like there are they are creating some insane matchups that I really can't wait to see. So I mean, getting I Texas Texas A and M back is really cool because that that's yeah. that was always very very fun when I was a kid. Um, I, well, it's like I said before, we talked about this on a I think we literally talked about this last week, so I won't repeat it entirely. No. But we talked about how when you look at Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, it created like. 15 new matchups oh, that yeah. i'm like i will watch that every year and then like you look at usc and ucla to the big 10 and i'm like i will watch usc ohio state i will watch usc michigan i really don't care about any other matchup that that is creating like literally could not care less ucla yeah. purdue don't care ucla versus I anyone i don't really care i was just about to say i don't think i really have any like feelings at all about watching ucla play football and USC obviously is a big brand, but like I don't really care about watching them play Purdue or Indiana or Northwestern or Illinois or Rutgers or Maryland or Iowa or like I don't care about them playing any of that league. Like it's just I don't. The two big teams, sure, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it, it is. It's it's very interesting. Um go on to the team pick to finish fourth, which is Texas Tech. Texas Tech, man. Texas, Texas Tech, Tech is rising up. Um, we'll get to this when we do the terrified level ratings in a minute, but playing at Texas Tech in november i'm i can only assume it just feels like a night game because i feel like all of texas tech's games yeah. are at night it just yeah. the ucf's not winning that game i i was literally about to say ucf is not gonna win that game <laughs> like i that's like literally the only loss on the schedule that i will pencil in right now is ucf is not gonna win at texas <laughs> tech it's not happening yeah they um they got returning talent on offense they're pretty experienced on defense they had a really bad offensive line last year they gave up i think 40 well, 41 sacks that's um, pretty bad 41 sacks good. 41 sacks huh that's like not so is that like three a game? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. That's not great. Not ideal. Um 3.1 still, a game. Look at me doing math on the fly. Love it. But anyway, go ahead. I, I still think they're gonna be pretty good. They're I mean, they're I honestly am very curious because if their coach Joey McGuire is that Texas Tech did this really smart thing where they were like, what if we just have a former Texas high school football coach be our coach and then he'll be able to recruit like crazy? And it's exactly what's happened. They're recruiting better than ever they're recruiting better than literally anyone in the big 12 right now it's for this upcoming class it's tcu texas tech and ucf for the ones fighting for the top spot we'll see who ends up getting it love that ucf's in the conversation but yeah i mean texas tech has gone places it, it wouldn't they're like the team that eight months from now or however many months from now that we're sitting back and being like forgetting that we didn't realize in the preseason that they were obviously going to win the big 12 you know like i don't know if they're like a playoff yeah. team they probably aren't but like i could see them going 10 and 2 and then winning the big 12 totally feels possible Pulling like a Kansas State from last year, really. Like that could yeah, be them they, this, year. They, this feels like it's their turn. And that's kind of what the Big 12 is going to come down to is it's a lot of, you know, just which team is going to be on top in a given year. Yeah. The game I picked for them was the one against Oregon, which is also on the same day as UCF, Boise State at same 7 here. p.m. Oregon's so. playing at Texas Tech, which I don't know why that feels so weird to me. I I I, it, I don't know why. It just feels like it a feels weird like game. it feels like a really weird, like realignment produced game but it's not yeah it just feel i don't know sometimes there are like culture 
mismatches to me with games. Like, it's just, I don't know, like the idea of Texas Tech and Oregon playing just doesn't really make sense to me, but I'm also like here for it, obviously. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. It's like a game that I would schedule in like NCAA on the Xbox. Exactly. It's one of those games that you see like on the NCAA schedule and you're like, that wouldn't happen in real life. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, pick to finish fifth is TCU, who obviously went to the national championship game last year and were completely smoked by Georgia, but still a pretty nice you were supposed to just you were supposed to just end the sentence after went to the national championship game last year i'm sorry i i want my national championship games to be like good and when that game was very clearly not going to be good which i guess was probably before the game but like when it started and there was not even a chance of it being close i was like this is this isn't fun yeah the lsu fan in you is coming out right now i was like this isn't a college football game like this isn't the right fit for a last college football game for eight months What's funny is that I feel like you could play that game 1,000 more times, and I don't think TCU would lose that badly a single more time. Like, they would lose <laughs> probably every time, don't get me wrong, but, like, it was, like, every possible thing that could go wrong went wrong, and for Georgia, like, it was just such a smackdown. 65-7, yeah. to seven, man. They're uh, obviously replacing Max Duggan with the quarterback that he replaced last year. Yep. Kind of um, weird. Chandler Morris. They're going to be replacing their top running back, top wide receiver. Uh, I think their defense – is well from what I was reading, their defense is expected to be a strength, especially early on as they kind of figure things out on offense. Um, but they don't really get it easy right off the bat, do they? No, they do not. They have the to game play I, the game I picked. Is that the game you picked? Oh, I hope so. Is it a game that we're really hyping up that might not not that might suck? I think it. I think it really might not be a good game against Colorado. I think yeah, TCU, it's t- Colorado. TCU Colorado is. Uh, is it the first game? TCU's first game. Yes, it's that it's uh, I think unless they play week zero, which I don't think they do. No, it's such a weird Um, situation because it's like TCU and Colorado also played last year. And I'm willing to tell you that I watched it. It must have been on a weeknight because I watched most of that game. I'm not sure. But or maybe it was just late because it was at Colorado and it was obviously a game no one cared about. And you fast forward 12 months and TCU Colorado is a team that just went to the national championship game versus Deion Sanders, who maybe has the most intrigue of any new hire in college football history. And I feel like the game is going to suck. I feel like it's not going to be a good game. How bad would like that would be annoying, wouldn't it? Because like because it is. It's getting it's July right now, and during the MLB All Star Game, that was that was advertised, and it was like yeah. Fox's big noon kickoff on September second. TCU Colorado Coach Prime and TCU and like yeah, it could. It, I don't know. I even tweeted about it. I was like, I really can't w- wait to watch that game. And I feel like I'm going to be a quarter in. It's going to be like. 21 to three and i'd be like okay i was literally about to say that game is going to get three and a half million viewers and it's going to be like final score 27 to 7 like i just that that that's just what it feels like to me i'm actually going to look at the schedule now what other game will i be well what other game will i switch to um <laughs> during that game oh mikey keen plays at purdue that day so i will be watching that we will be watching yeah. mikey keen uh, ecu uh, at michigan which is a weird game that's ECU also at michigan. noon that day a little in-state virginia rivalry. and tennessee did you say an in-state rivalry yeah, what did you say? ECU and Michigan? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that really what you said? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I heard Eastern Michigan at Michigan. Oh, no. ECU. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I just sounded like, like I'm hoping someone listening is going to ECU and Michigan. Like, it's... Wow. And then there's Arkansas State at Oklahoma. Which... Well, now I get why you say that's weird. ECU at Michigan is very weird. It is. Yeah. God, man. Holt Nailers, if you just got into like a 14th year, you could have <laughs> played in that game. Yeah. Um, Anything else on TCU? I don't think so. Think nah, we're that. fine. We're, we're uh, really not moving at a fast pace. We aren't. Let's get going. Uh, Baylor picked to finish sixth. They are returning their quarterback, the running back. Four new starters on the offensive line, but Dave Aranda is a good coach. So Dave Aranda is like my favorite coach. I'm just willing to say they'll win somewhere between six and eight games. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I don't think they're like in position to rock the Big 12 or anything, but they're going to be tough. Um, they have a game on September 9th that I will be watching because it's yes. before the UCF game against Utah at noon. How funny would it be narrative wise? Like I said, I'm just going for narratives here that like a big 12 team, just with everything that's been going on with the TV deals and all that, that if a big 12 team that won what six games last year would take down the reigning back-to-back pack 12 champion, which I feel like is super possible. Like not at all, uh, would be a big shock. It would just be very funny. Future conference game. <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. No. Let's do it. Um, anything else on Baylor? Because we do need to move through these. No. Okay. Oklahoma State picked to finish seventh. I feel like they're not going to be that good. Oklahoma State picked to finish seventh, but also got a first place vote in the Big 12 preseason <laughs> media poll. I don't know how. Mike Gundy if... held a reporter at gunpoint and told him to, I don't know. But yeah, I, Oklahoma State feels like 
I don't know. Hot take might be witnessing the end of the Gundy era in these next couple of years because recruiting is not where it should be. They're leaking players in the transfer portal. They fell apart on the field last year. I don't know. This doesn't feel like the Oklahoma State of past years. Was he the one that was like saying the transfer portal and NIL were like, or was he like religion and politics at this point? Like you don't talk yeah, about Yeah, I think that was him. It was it was a weird quote by a Big 12 coach. There's a good shot it was Mike Gundy. Yeah, um, but they have a three-way quarterback battle going on, I guess, into the fall. They have some good running backs, but the big thing Let me, me tell you right now, defense. just real quickly, if you have a three-way quarterback battle heading into fall, then you don't have a good quarterback. That's what that yeah, means. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, their defense is almost like more of a, like a weird question. They have two returners on defense. Part of, part of it was the transfer portal and all that. Two returners, and they have a new defensive coordinator installing a new scheme. They're moving to a 3-3-5, and that just feels like it's going to be a disaster, especially early on. Like, I don't think it'll yeah. be a disaster long-term, maybe, but early on, that's going to be something, especially shame, with... Shame UCF plays them at, like, the literal yeah. the end of the schedule. <laughs> they'll be clicking. They'll be rolling by then. What I um, want to know now, and there's no way for me to figure this out, is you said two defensive starters. I would love to know, like, in recent college football history, like, the last decade, like, what's the fewest number of total returning starters a team has won 10 games with? I'd love to know that. That's a very specific stat. So well, I, 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 I'm, I, I or, like, won a conference stat. Like, I'm just curious, like, what is the... Like, I just, I don't know, because you say that, like, you're like, they're, I mean, I don't know, I guess it's just different in the transfer transfer portal area, because era, because it used to be if you lose a bunch of starters, that means they were seniors, and now you're waiting for young guys to take their place. It could just be they landed better guys in the portal. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it means in this era. I'd be curious. Yeah. Here's a fun one. Pick to finish behind Oklahoma State at eight is UCF. UCF, but only two points ahead of Kansas for ninth. So what does that tell you? What if I told it's funny if I told you a year ago that UCF and Kansas had almost identical votes in the Big 12 media poll, you would have been like, wow, people really hate UCF. But yeah. it turns out Kansas is just good. I feel like they should have swapped Oklahoma State and Kansas voters. Should but have. left UCF at eighth. Maybe. Or I don't know. Maybe you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they drop UCF to nine, put Oklahoma State at eight and put Kansas at seven. I don't know. I think Lance Leipold is a really good coach. And they, they have a really he's a great coach. I think he's one of the, I, 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 he's, he's the type of coach that you're surprised. I always get surprised doesn't get hired more where he just has all the way from the D3 level. He just, just won a lot of games everywhere he's been. Like I feel like they should just hire coaches like that more often because it seems to work, you know? And they have Jalen Daniels, a quarterback who's, I guess, could be a case could be made that he's like the second best quarterback in the conference, maybe? Behind maybe JRP? Yeah, I'd say that's probably uh accurate yeah no i hope I, the i hope the microphone picked up my loud exhale i'm not sure if it did but yeah i think that's probably fair to say from what we know now because like i would assume what yours is probably the first uh, at the top um i'd say yours is probably at the top and then it would be between daniels and gabriel maybe for second yeah I, I literally like i said it's not gonna it's not gonna be this way at the end of the season because it's just never the way yeah. it works but like like dylan gabriel if, if that team is what it's supposed to be. We'll probably have retaken that spot, but yeah. We just skipped UCF and went right to Kansas. <laughs> but okay, it's a UCF podcast. You want to know how UCF, we've been talking about it for months and we're about to talk about it after we finished. The I know, but I didn't get to say my game, the game that I picked. Oh, I picked, uh, what game did I pick for UCF? I picked Baylor. Did you not pick one? Oh, so I did I. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, I can't wait to see what the atmosphere is like for that game. I think there's just going to be an insane amount of hype. Yeah. Um, it's so much hype that I even had to skip on picking UCF's rival Houston bad uh kansas uh, back to kansas kansas allowed over 35 points per game last year probably a, a reason that they kind of fell off in the second half of the season uh not that and i mean daniels got hurt so it didn't really help uh the game i picked for them was kansas state in november it's obviously like their big rivalry game i also um, picked kansas state the sunflower I, showdown we've picked like one different game so far yeah that is actually it was just uh kansas state right because i picked missouri and you picked uh texas uh yeah i think so yeah Oh, we didn't pick Oklahoma State. Well, we I, we did pick Oklahoma State, so I don't think we talked about it. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I I, I did Bedlam. Yeah, it's that yeah. that is far and away the spiciest rivalry that's being ended by realignment, and I feel like it's going to be an absolute mess on and off the field that entire week, and <laughs> I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Um, tenth pick to finish tenth Iowa State. I don't think like Iowa State. What's their future? <laughs> we talked about this on the podcast. <laughs> we talked about this on the podcast. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand I why mean, they've. Like they've never been that good, but like, and then they haven't been like, how, why are they good? Well, you talk about what their future could be and you know, they're like Northwestern just fired Pat Fitzgerald. That's been a whole thing. Pretty shocking. And I saw the athletic had Matt Campbell. It's one of the top candidates for that job, which mm -hmm. I think Northwestern's waiting a year. They're going to go through the season and then they'll hire someone. But so I don't know. I, 
Iowa State's a weird one because like they've proven with Campbell they can be good. They play they won a Fiesta Bowl in 2020. It's not like that, but it's like I also just don't I don't think that's even remotely sustainable. Like I think they maybe like once a decade they can have a season like that. They were good defensively last year, and I think they'll probably get pretty good on defense again this year, but they just I don't know. I don't really know what their offense is gonna look like. And speaking of offenses, the game I picked is Iowa. Really? Okay. Yeah, did you not? I did not. I picked Texas. Did you know that Iowa State has won three of their last four matchups with Texas? No, but probably because like doesn't really surprise me. It's like and the Kansas Texas thing. Like Kansas just beats Texas. Just on happens. top of that, that game is right near the end of the year, and I just have this scenario in my head where Texas is just steamrolling its way to the Big Twelve title game, and then just randomly loses to Iowa State, and that kills it for them. And that oh, I thought you were gonna say that because then it just doesn't matter. Like I could see that happening. Where no, like I think it'll be game, like Texas. Texas is heading in with like one conference loss and they're just like hitting their stride. They're doing great. Like maybe they just lost to Oklahoma or something. And then like out of nowhere, they lose to like a two and seven Iowa state team. I just, <laughs> it feels super likely to me. It feels possible. Um, BYU picked to finish 11th. They have Kadan Slovis who has been on just about every team in the nation. I thought it was Keaton Slovis. Is it, oh, is it Slovis? Keaton? I don't, I don't know. know. Okay. I should know by now. He's been playing college football as long as Holton Naylor has been alive, but <laughs> I I don't know. I told you the other day, I was like, they they were in the same recruiting class. And I don't know if that's true at all, but it just feels like it would be true. I told you that Keaton Slovis is the first ever player who's like, oh, that guy's played for half the league in college football. And I just think that's yeah. fantastic that they're now guys. Slovis, like I remember being really mad at Slovis um, in week one last year because I had him in a in a bet. And I think I had him like over two touchdown passes against West Virginia and he threw one. Can I ask you a question about BYU? Yes. I don't understand why everyone thinks they're going to be bad. I haven't gotten a clear answer on that. I think it's their schedule. But they've played like they've played five plus power five teams basically every year. So it's not like they have the same adjustment as UCF, Cincy and Houston of, oh, we have to, you know, get used to this grind. I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I'm just kind of surprised that everyone expects them to be like a four or five one team. I think it's just like because they play at Arkansas, which is the game I picked. Um, they have can they have at Kansas, at TCU, at Texas, at Oklahoma State, and then they have to play Texas Tech in Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I picked so I picked like Oklahoma a... for my game because they're hosting Oklahoma and mm-hmm. they have an awesome home environment, and it, and I think it will be chilly. And I I would like to I think that would be a fun game to see Oklahoma lose. I I really my main goal for now this that season you say is, that that would be fun. Like that right? just feels like it would be a cool like cool game. When is that game? Uh, it's early in the season. It might be there. Oh. Let me look it up. I don't know. They play Oklahoma. No, it's not. It's the second to last game, November 18th. Oh, I like that then. It's going to be freezing. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I really find it important that both Texas and Oklahoma find a way to lose to one of the new teams this year. I think it would just be really entertaining, and I'm hoping for it. And I feel like feel like BYU at the end of the year has a good shot with Oklahoma. I hope so. 12th was Houston. Um, Dana Holgerson basically told the media during media days who their starting quarterback would be. How did he phrase um, what, it? He phrased it. It was something like, he said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the starter. That's right. The like, guy who makes <laughs> the decision said, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's the starter. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I had tacos for dinner tonight. <laughs> That's Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer. They've got uh West Virginia running back transfer, replacing Alton McCaskill, the fourth who went to Colorado. That's right. Um, that, I mean, that's, he was supposed Houston's, to be like their guy. Gonna struggle. Houston's going to yeah. struggle. And, and they have an additional reason they're going to struggle the other teams aren't dealing with, and it's that their home stadium is going to be an away stadium for a lot of these conference games. Yeah, uh, including TCU, which is a game I picked on September 16th. I also picked TCU. Did you know that Houston and TCU have not played since 2007? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, now you know. Very interesting. Now I know. Um, wrapping up here, 13th of Cincinnati. Sure. Were you so. surprised they were picked 13th? No, because the more I look at them, the more I think they are that bad. Um, and that's not like, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it, but I mean, it's just that Fickle could not have picked a worse moment to leave. He really couldn't yeah. have. I mean, and their roster kind of fell apart in the offseason. Satterfield was an interesting hire. They're recruiting fine. They have a four-star. Like, I think long-term they'll get back to what they're supposed to be. But like this season, also, I'm sorry, Emory Jones is not a good quarterback. We, we He has been proven, he's proven at two separate schools that he's not a good quarterback. Emory Jones, the quarterback, and one returning offensive lineman Bad. isn't great. No. I don't think. I don't know if they make. Do you think they make a bowl game? No, I honestly I don't. Think don't. They do. I don't think them or Houston are going to make bowls. Yeah. Um, the game I picked for them, though, is I think it's their Big 12 opener at home against Oklahoma on the 23rd. I picked that BYU because I, that's like a weird game to be a conference game. Like, I feel like it's going to be odd to see that in TV and be like, that is a league game. But I also think it'll be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Um, and finally, pick to finish last was West Virginia. Do you know they allowed about 33 points per game last year? That's a lot of points to allow. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I, I actually felt really bad for their coach, Neil Brown, at um, Big 12 Media Days because his his media session lasted like two minutes. The guy got like no questions. It was like the whole <laughs> – it was like all the Big 12 media were just done with him. Like, you're not going to be here in a year, so we're not going to bother with this. Yeah. Um, Badgers, there's not much to say about them, I don't think. I will say that West Virginia fans are adamant that they will not be last place or anywhere near last place. So They're also um, adamant they're going to beat UCF by two touchdowns. I don't know where that when that started. They or say that, that that's from, not but... just UCF thing. I've, they reply that to a lot of teams. Oh, do they? Yeah, I've noticed that oh, every I time that. I see a Big 12 team tweet some West Virginia fan, it's like West Virginia is going to win this game by two touchdowns. So I don't know if that's just like a rallying cry for them or what. Um, Bizarre. Bizarre I, what rallying cry. So. They're weird because they should be – I mean, they haven't really been anything – good for probably five years now is that fair to say i mean maybe even longer mostly the big 12 era now i i don't know what i don't know i mean why were they so good in the big east was the big east just a much worse conference maybe i don't know i don't know steve slayton and pat white there yeah. yeah yeah man i mean we're far removed from the days of 70 to 33 wins against clemson in the orange bowl <laughs> um the game i picked for them was against Pitt, the backyard brawl and i feel like part of that was just because i didn't get to watch it last year since it was the same night as ucs opener um but I can watch it this year, I think. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, well. It was short-lived. <laughs> I picked UCF will be playing Villanova at the same time. Yeah, which Bailey has now said he might not go to because he thinks he'll be tired. Um, That's not what I said. It's what you're going to say that week. Um, for West Virginia, I picked at Penn State. I do not think yeah, they'll I win, almost picked, almost but I think if they did win, it would be very fun. So, I agree. That also, right. West Virginia at Penn State feels like one of those early season games that no one bothers to watch, and then suddenly it's like a thriller in the fourth quarter, and everyone's like, whoa, who saw that coming, you know? <laughs> it does feel does feel like that. I feel like we watch too much college football. Well, maybe not too much. We watch a lot of college football because there's so many matchups where, like, if, you, if you're not a huge college football fan, you'll hear that, and you'll be like, what What does that even mean? Like, how? Do, what makes him say that? But it makes <laughs> I, so much sense to me. People who are listening to this podcast know that. And I also yeah. actually feel that I did not watch enough college football last year. And I'm trying to watch more because I barely got any. I usually watch Pac-12 after dark. And last year, I was just really tired a lot of the time and did not get a lot in. So I have a strategy this year that I'm going to have a cup of coffee as soon as I get home from any UCF home games and try to get through Pac-12 after dark. So we will up the college football content. I like it. Up the college football content. All right. Quick topic two: terrified level ratings. Of course, they come from, as we mentioned earlier, uh, an LSU podcast that I wish, wish still existed um i have them like i have, I have them in, in the outline kind of called the chris branch terrified level ratings just to pay a little homage to chris branch who i think i mean i, I feel bad if it wasn't even his idea that he came up with it might have been the might have been brody miller's but i think it was chris's we'll um, just call it the chris branch slash brody miller terrified level rankings let's do it it is actually um, an awesome idea and i'm glad that we stole it because it's very good and it was very ingenious on their part so we go through UCF schedule, uh, rate these teams one to ten on how terrified we are of them. Um, what are you shaking at me right now? What is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I had nothing. Is it the I, ring light? Yeah. You I, you like pointed at me like you were going to say something before I get started. So I didn't. Know. All right. I know I've said this on past podcasts, but in case anyone doesn't, I I I have a bunch of objects on my desk, and as I talk, I sort of absentmindedly like mess around with them, and I'm holding okay. the light in my hand right now. Yeah. I didn't mean to like call you out on it. I feel like I have to do that kind of often, but sometimes you gesture with them in a way that like, it makes it look like you're going to say something. No, I was so, not. Like, I'm sorry. You I... like pointed at the camera and I was like, what do you want to say? I apologize. Um, I'm just messing around with it while you talk. Let's we'll start with Kent State. Kent State. I have Kent State at 2.5. I'm at 1.5. Now that's your mistake because the, the issue with Kent State that I'm running into with some of the fan bases that I feel like I need to remind people is Kent State is not an FCS team. Kent State yeah, is that's... an FBS team. Kent State is an FBS team that played Georgia close last year. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm i not saying that UCF is going to lose the game because I don't think they're going to lose the game. I just, people are using that game as like a FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, SC State vibe. And like, it's not, it is an FBS team. And it's not, I don't think UCF is going to win that game by the score people are expecting. I don't either. That's why I have them as a 1.5 instead of a 1. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, I, I just, I'm just saying, like I said, I think like, and when I say not as much, I think the average UCF fan thinks it's going to be an FCS score. Like UCF will win 56 to nothing. I think they're going to win that game. Like probably like 38, 14, 38, 17, something in that range. Which is fine. Kent State's also been pretty decent going back a few years now. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like, I don't want to say like, yeah, they, they don't scare me, but they scare me enough to like not put them all the way at the bottom as a one, because like, yes, they are an FBS team and yes, they've played teams like close and have the potential to give UCF. But it feels like one of those things where like early on it might be close, but I feel like UCF will eventually win by like 20. 
Yeah, but I also I'm just already anticipating the fan base freak out from when that happens because, like I said, I've just noticed on Twitter and yeah, social media, fan like fans is... think it's an FCS game and it's not. Yeah, but the fan base is. I don't want to say it. Okay. Um, at Boise State, eight point oh, eight point oh, yeah. Um, okay. Where do you have Boise? The State? highest I have anybody on this list is eight. So. Oh, our lists are going to be dramatically different then. I'm very interested to hear that then. Why, why, why? Why is Boise State, what, where do you have them? I have them at 6.5. Really? Okay. Yeah. I just, I, it feels like a game that like I expect UCF to win. Yes, Boise State's probably, I don't know. It feels like, it does in a way, I think we've talked about on the podcast a little bit, like I don't want to say it's a trap game because it's the first like big game of the season, but it feels like so many people are looking ahead to, Big 12 play that it's like Boise State's good and they put to play at Boise State. The travel's going to be tough. That's why but, I'm stunned that you only have them. Say, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give a hot take right now. If UCF was still in the AAC, you would not have had that game at a 6.5. Yeah, I think a lot of it is relative. Yeah, because like it's I don't like to where I have everyone else right, rated. Like, and I didn't really change my li- like that game. UCF could very, I feel like we're not even talking about that game. And that is a game that UCF could very easily lose. You might even say you could expect them to lose it. I mean, it's. Boise State, they're, tw- they're 22 and eight at home in the last five years. They won 10 games last year. UCF hasn't won a game out West in over a decade now. It's not an area they play in normally. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I hope UCF wins that game, but like there is a long storied history of power five teams going to Boise Ooh. and losing. It would be so funny. Actually, it wouldn't be funny at all. It would suck, but it just is that you saying that like there's a long story history of use of power five teams. It's like, UCF being a part of that now, like the first it chance is. they get, like they lose out there. There will be the tweets when UCF loses to Boise and they're like, Boise State once again, the giant slayer taking down another Power Five opponent. I don't know. I just, I think that UCF could easily lose that game. And that would really suck because it would, A, it hurts their bowl eligibility chances. And it will also just, I you don't want to go into Big 12 play already with a loss. I feel like that would just put a damper on the celebrations and the excitement and all that. So I'm pretty freaked out for that game. 8.0 freaked hmm. out. Yeah, I'm at 6.5. Villanova. Uh, zero. I, th- Okay. What? It's a one to 10 scale. <laughs> oh, I can't say zero. Okay. One. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm at one. There's nothing to be terrified about. No, there's not. Last year, I, don't I think put, there's anything last else year to say I put SC State at like a two and you like lit into me. But I, my whole reasoning was that last year I was, because at that point we still didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. And I was like, more like, I feel like it'll be a mess based on that. What? It's two games into the season. It's an FCS game. It's a meaningless game. Bailey's not even going. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Don't even just don't even feel like it. All right. Um if anyone if anyone wants my tickets, let me know. <laughs> um at Kansas State. 8.5. I'm at 7.5. Okay. Um, they're the reigning Big 12 pan- champs. They're supposed to be good again. They get good crowds. I my main reasoning for this, honestly, is like I'm so scared because there is gonna be a lot of eyeballs on that just because it's UCF's first game as a power five team, and I feel like there are many a fan base that would like to see UCF lose that game badly so they can trash talk about it. And that freaks me out. I really don't want UCF to lose that game badly. And I think they could. And it feels like a game internally, like on Kansas state's part, they're going to be like UCF is coming in here, trying to announce itself to the big yeah, 12. They're going to be ready. Now they're I did want to, I did a little bit of research on a take I've brought up before. Cause I think a lot of general people and fans think UCF's just an automatic loss for that game. And I said before a few times, and we talked about earlier in this podcast, that Kansas State doesn't recruit as well as some of the Power Five. And I just wanted to show you some of the difference. So UCF has 10 former four stars on their roster, and Kansas State has two. Hmm. UCF has 15 players who are rated 88 or higher by the 247 composite when they were recruited, and Kansas State has three. So it's funny because, like, on paper, which is what you want to look at, UCF has a lot more talent than Kansas State. But we also know since we've been on the other side of it, that's just not the way that works. And Kansas state is probably a better team, but I find that interesting. And it'll be something to talk about if UCF does go on to win that game. Yeah, I think so. Um, Baylor. 7.0. I'm at 6.5. Wow. I don't think we're going to hit on a single one of these. We might not. Um, I don't know. It's, I look down the list. I'm like, I have a lot of these at 6.5. So here, go ahead. I have this in my notes because I, had Louisville I put Louisville in 8.0 last year and I don't understand like how Baylor's any different than that game they were both mid to high level p5 teams you know like I'm just I'm not changing the scale because UCF's a p5 team like these still are teams that like I don't know I you know yeah I get it I don't know I have I have I think five teams at 6.5 because it's like games that I'm not confident in UCF winning so that's why it's like on the other side of five but it's games that I also like 
when I imagine I'm like, yeah, UCF could win that game. I just think every loss is going to hurt a lot more in this league too, because it's just such a spotlight that didn't exist at the A in the AAC, you know? And I think it's really like, this is kind of unfairly supposed to be a proving season for UCF. And I don't know if they're ready to do that, but the pros for Baylor are, they will have already played Utah and Texas. So they could be a little beat up when they come into that game. I also think that that's going to be one of the best atmospheres ever for UCF. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I think that'll, I don't know. I don't think it'll be as good as game day and it depends on what time the game is, but I think that that is going to be an insane crowd. And I think that, I think they will win that game. It's just going to really, I don't even want to go into the headspace of the idea of UCF losing their big 12 home opener. I just don't even want to go there. It's going to be noon, isn't it? I feel Probably, like honestly. everyone kind of thinks and knows it's going to be noon, but people, when it's announced as noon, people are still going to get so mad. I know, but it's just, what can you do? I mean, that's the trade-off at getting this league as we knew being the East coast team, that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, at Kansas. Can- at Kansas, I had at a 6.5. So did I. Now, look at us we hit you said on we're not going to match up on one of the next one we matched up on so. well how good can kansas be i mean sure they beat duke last year but anybody can beat duke right <laughs> that's bad yeah that's bad i you know what i forgot ucf played duke hand up <laughs> hand up i erased that game from my memory <laughs> and the only reason i remembered was like i think it was yesterday i was on youtube and i was like searching like the old UCF games to watch and UCF Duke popped up and I was like, UCF Duke. Oh yeah. That was the bowl game last year. We watched that game. Most together. recent game. It, it we did watch that game together. Game. We went to the UCF basketball game after that to wash away our troubles and they did win. They beat Wichita state. This is going to sound so and, and their space uniforms. This is going to sound so bad, but that game was the first ever like bowl games don't matter game for the UCF fan base. I feel like because <laughs> and that's bad and I don't support that or condone that attitude, but it felt like the fan base legitimately just did not care. Like UCF lost and it was like, okay. And then like I everyone cared that just day. moved on. Yeah, I cared that day. I felt terrible that day. Because yeah. what also, the, it's like little things get lost history. If they'd won that game, they would have finished in the top 25. But yeah. they didn't. I told, yeah. What did I tell you the other day that I thought about the last two seasons? And if, if, over, if in 2021 and 2022, you gift UCF a combined seven points against just Navy, they have, they've, they've won 10 games four times in the last five years. Five times in the last six years. Like I just, come on. I hate it. Hate it so much. Um, at Oklahoma, nine point five. See, I'm looking at looking at this now. I should have scaled things up, but I haven't been an eight. Like that's the highest I gave anyone was an eight. I don't know what I'm going to do am when I, UCF loses to Dylan Gabriel. Am I crazy for thinking like I don't think they're going to win that game? But am I crazy for thinking they could? No, they can't win that game. You don't think they could? No, I don't think so. Um, unless Oklahoma it, it goes on to be like where they were last year but again even last year they just lost close games i mean i expect oklahoma to be like oklahoma oklahoma eighty thousand seat stadium i did look up i wanted to see when ucf has most recently played in an eighty thousand plus seat stadium and they have done so twice they've done so twice in the last decade and they are one and one in those games then wait last decade is that michigan and penn state michigan and penn state so ucf has a big 10 team i'm not saying because we just you don't know at this point but I'm not saying that UCF can't win that game. I just find it incredibly unlikely. And it's that plus I think losing to Dylan Gabriel is going to be agonizing, both just from a social media and other fan base perspective. And also just personally, it's like he was the superstar quarterback for UCF who left and that's now beating them in a the game that that sucks. That just really sucks. Not great. Hopefully um, he will have been replaced by the true freshman by then, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> West Virginia at home. 6.5. I'm at 5.5. Okay. I don't think they're going to finish last, to be honest. I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think they are, but I also have a hard time believing Neil Brown's going to be coaching that game. Hmm. That early, you think? I mean, that's... I mean, I guess not that early. I mean, that's, A, weekend, that's not that... in October. A, that's not that early. B, you look at their schedule. They start with at Penn State, Duquesne, Pitt, Texas Tech, at TCU. There's a not that unrealistic world where they start one and four. So then you have at 6.5? If they're not, so if they're one and four, what are the games after that? Uh, at Houston, Oklahoma State, and then UCF. So they could be like two and five coming to that UCF game. Yeah. I feel like they'd just be done. Like they I feel play. like that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's UCF's best chances. If their coach is gone, like they might just be checked out and then UCF can win. But if on the flip side, if they've won some games and they're fighting to keep their coach employed, that might be a dangerous team. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I had them at 5.5. Which was my first five point five on this list, actually. That's my only five point five. Next one is at Cincinnati. Uh six point Game of five. My reasoning for upping it a little bit, because obviously Cincinnati is supposed to be bad, is A, I there's no way I would have had that 
uh, even at a 6.0, probably if this was still the AAC, even regardless of their exact roster and B Nippert's tough. It, it just is. That might be a night game. And at the same time, I just, regardless of how their season is going, like UCF Cincinnati has kind of become a semi rivalry. And I think they're going to really care about that game either way. And I just think that, you know, it, it could get tough. And I also don't think Cincinnati is going to be bad this year, but I don't necessarily buy that the gap between UCF is and Cincinnati is dramatically wide. You know what I mean? I don't know that it's dramatic, but um, yeah, and Nippert is tough, but Emory Jones is their quarterback. This is very true. Like Emory Jones is their quarterback, and he might be worth knocking off one or two points for a fear just for that alone. So that that's accurate. I don't know. Okay. okay. Evan Prater's a wide receiver now. That came as apparently, a yeah, yeah. I, it was such a weird like. I saw some like weird gatekeeping of that news like within the Cincinnati fan base because like someone po- po- pointed it out. I guess because he said it. I think. Uh, Satterfield said something about it in the press conference at Media Days, and then someone was like, breaking, Evan Prater. And then, like, I don't know if gatekeeping is the right word. People were like, yeah, we knew this. Like, yeah, I knew this I, a month ago. I mean, I'm I not obviously up. not following Cincinnati super closely, but I I had not heard a word of that. Yeah, people were like, I read about this a month ago. I was like, okay, cool. Okay, then congrats. Like, congrats for knowing that the, this quarterback that you guys praised and tried to make into this next big thing is now wide receiver. Yeah, great. Yeah. Love that for you guys. Uh, Oklahoma State. 7.0. 6.5. 6.5 is my go-to on this list. <laughs> just... I can tell. They're just kind of a wild card. You yeah. know? I, I mean, if they're bad, if they're as bad as some people think they're going to be, then yeah, UCF probably wins that game. If they're if they're good, then that's a really tough game because it is Oklahoma State. I mean, I looked up, they're really not recruiting very well and haven't been for a while. They've only signed nine four-stars in the last four years, which is kind of below their standards, and two of those aren't with the program anymore. But they have the number 22 transfer class, so I don't know if they're just kind of a wild card. That game being the week after Bedlam, I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing for UCF. I think it depends on how Bedlam goes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know, because I was thinking like, oh, well, if they beat Oklahoma, UCF could be a letdown game for them. If they lose, they could just be like, all right, the season sucks. And... I don't know. I guess it's all just narrative, right? Because you could argue that with Bedlam, if they win that, is it a letdown in the next week? Or if they win that, are they carrying all this momentum and like hyping themselves up? I don't know. That's largely, I don't know how real any of that is, to be honest, when we talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, at Texas Tech. 9.0. I had about an eight, just like Oklahoma. So Oklahoma and Texas Tech were the two that I was like, yeah, UCF isn't winning. Yeah, I don't think this one. I, I, feel I like actually going... feel better about Oklahoma than Texas. So Tech do I. I was gonna say, yeah, I was. Told, I just said to you, like, I was like, is it weird that I think UCF could win in Oklahoma? I'm like, UCF can't win it at, at Texas Tech. This is an environment where they where they will throw tortillas at you. Like, I don't know what UCF supposed to do here. I, I I I mean, I think they're in for a breakout season. Also, it's in November, and I looked up, and the average low is in the 30s in November in Texas Tech. So that's a night game. UCF's gonna be shell shocked. They went six and one at home last year, even when they were still just sort of getting to being good. They beat both Oklahoma and Texas last year. I, I, that's it. They might honestly. I'm talking myself into Texas Tech winning the Big Twelve. That might be what I'm expecting <laughs> to happen at this point. This year's Kansas State. Listen, one thing about me: if you throw a tortilla at me, I'm catching it and making a taco. <laughs> so, I think I think that needs just... to be clipped. One thing about me. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know because like you're thinking you're like this is an environment where they'll throw tortillas at you, and I was like, then just catch one and like eat it. <laughs> that was my immediate response to that um houston i don't know where that tortilla has been man i don't know what its background Ah, is like i don't i don't know who made it or like if it's been on the ground or if it was in someone's pocket as they smuggled it into it like i don't know i don't think i want to eat a tortilla like that from the crowd in lubbock yeah yeah houston 6.5 5 okay not not a fan of houston huh no can i give my reasoning yeah because i I was no (laughs) no you can't anyway all right that's the pod folks I um because I agree that they're bad at football and probably will be this year. But my issue, and I was I was thinking more about this, and I'm I'm having a conspiracy now at the Houston game. Or not a conspiracy, just a theory. Is I'm worried that UCF's crowd is gonna suck for that game for a couple different reasons. The first is that this is gonna be the first time in a very long time that UCF is not ending the regular season playing USF. And I think that's gonna be very weird. And it there isn't that typical end of season hype boost you get from playing your rival. And I worry that. And if you combine that with the second factor is that if UCF doesn't have an amazing season, if they're going into that game six and five or seven and four or five and six or something like that, I, I wonder if that combined with there being no hype for that final regular season game, I wonder if we see a bad crowd. I don't mean like a horrific crowd, but I wonder if then you're only getting like 37, 38,000 out. This is where I wish people were smarter because if they were six and five going into that game, like that game would need to be like that would feel like a must win like there's five a big six, difference between no no I mean six and five yeah because like if they okay. lose that game 
and it's six and six, I would feel, I don't feel much different about the season, but like winning seven games, like getting that as your seventh win and winning seven games going into the bowl, I feel like would be very important. Like that would be huge. And maybe I'm not giving the but fan base enough, at it like that. enough credit, but it's just UCF's record will be worse than usual. It's going to be a team for the first time in literally a decade that we don't really care about that we're playing in the final game of the season. And it's also not a legacy power five team. It's a team that UCF has been playing for years and people probably still look at it as a group of five teams. So I could just see the crowd not being great for that game. Because it, it is and it's like and it's Thanksgiving. People got stuff going yeah. on. When you look at the home schedule, you're like, obviously they played Kent State and Villanova in the first few weeks, but it's they play a home game against Baylor. The next home game is West Virginia. The next home game is Oklahoma State, and then after that, it's Houston. So it is like a bit of a letdown in terms of yeah. opponent. But I hope at this point, like I hope it's UCF's reached the point where and I know they haven't, where it's like they're not gonna they're gonna sell it every every game, but reach the point where it's at least like, all right, this is the final game of the season. It's a conference game. Like I, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I guess you did kind of say like not an awful crowd, but like just not the best. It's possible. I mean, it I depends on what's it like if UCF's going in and they're eight and three or something like that, or maybe even seven and four. I think I think the hype will be there. And, you know, because it's also we'll have to see that might that winning or losing that game might determine what bowl UCF's going to. I mean, and we don't know how Houston's got. I could be wrong. I just I see the recipe there for it to not be a very interesting game for UCF fans. All of that to say, though, I think like UCF talent wise is like you said, it might not be that big of a gap between them and Cincinnati. I feel like it's a little bigger with Houston. We'll see. I think so. But you also just never know. Also, I thought there was a pretty big talent gap between UCF and Navy and, you know, ter- yeah, it and, and, and UCF and East Carolina. So I, I just, you know, I just don't know. I could see they come out. That was kind of the point I was making with the crowd is if the crowd sucks, UCF comes out, the juice is kind of gone. And then a game that shouldn't have been close gets close, you know. I just had an existential crisis. Okay, go ahead. No, nothing. I mean, nothing that we say on this podcast matters. You just, yeah. I mean, that's. And that's... I, I mean, I've, I've known that, but like, I don't know. Every once in a while, like, it'll just come back up to like the surface, and I'm like, thank you guys for listening, but and please keep doing so. But it's like we're saying all this stuff, and then it's like in two months, even yeah, even two or two and a half months from now, we're gonna just be like everything we said back in July was rendered useless. But that's honestly why I love college football is it would be boring if you could just tell what was going to happen. Like it's, it's the most unpredictable mainstream sport. Like it's just people are it's, and it's never like, it never goes the way it not only never goes the way you think it never goes the way you think for reasons you've never even considered. Like, it's just, it's the most out there. And and, and we spend all off season, we sort of get, and that's why I try to break out of it a little bit because we get very ingrained in national media and everyone does it on these ideas of, well, we know this about this team. And it's almost like it gets repeated enough and it just becomes fact. Then the season starts and it's like, oh, we were completely not even remotely close to being right. It's just, it's such an unpredictable sport. It makes it so much fun. And I just made myself feel better because like, this is how we get through the off season. So. Oh yeah. I mean, literally. We've we've come full circle to where my existential crisis has been solved now in the span (laughs) of like a minute and a half. Um, That should be the, that should be the description for this episode episode 149 bailey and christian solve bailey's existential crisis in under two minutes <laughs> episode 149 bailey uh outlines his strategy for being uh tossed a or tortilla by <laughs> texas tech fans um football news i have one piece of news considering our last podcast was on thursday uh that's three-star offensive lineman chase malamala committed to ucf yes far and away the lowest rated recruit of this class but clearly they like him and her band likes him so we are on board <laughs> oh man you didn't have to go there <laughs> what i didn't say no, anything I don't, bad. just kind of the first thing was by far the lowest rated recruit. <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean he's i mean well now you're gonna make me make it sound worse he's low rated even by like aac recruiting standards like i was kind of surprised that but clearly ucf likes him i mean they were he going is, after him i think the strategy here he's very large and they probably are like he's a large man we will develop him listen man mackenzie milton's 247 composite rating was horrific so whatever yeah. if, if the staff likes them i'm in i trust her pan tweet of the week tweet of the week uh tweet of the week is not a sports related tweet this week but it is a tweet that made its way into the ucf community and that i saw a lot so i figured we'll talk about it insider food which is not a twitter oh. account i have ever heard of but they have half a million followers so i guess they're a thing they tweeted a little five minute video segment that said floridians call this spot the chick-fil-a of florida and i was interested because i have never heard of anything being called the chick-fil-a of florida and i saw so I got in my feed through UCF. Like I, like four or five UCF fans had takes on this, so whatever. But the Chick-fil-A of Florida is apparently Pollo Tropical, which not not something I ever would have anticipated as someone who's been there maybe twice and has always found it not very good. I thought it was a chain. I, okay, this was my other big so, takeaway. I had no idea Pollo Tropical was only When they Florida. said this spot, I was like, you mean 
Wait, what? You mean one of the many? I, yeah. like, I actually thought it was a national chain. I looked it up and they did. There's a ton of locations in Florida. And I looked it up and they did at one point expand out of Florida. To, it was like Texas and Georgia and it failed and the restaurants closed. And I also found it interesting because I saw, I, like, I guess they're very big in South Florida, which I, I do not live in South Florida, so I didn't know that. But I wanted to dig deeper. So I went and got Pollo Tropical for lunch yesterday to see what the hype was all about. Can I ask you a question? Yes. How was your trip to the Chick-fil-A of Florida? Uh, I don't, am I supposed to say something to that? Just no. Now you give your review of oh, what now you I say it? All right. Well, it, yeah. my trip to the Chick-fil-A of Florida did not involve me actually going there because I got it on Uber Eats, but I did get the food and okay. it was fine. Okay. I was, was wondering fine. why you were confused by that question. Yeah. Like, I, well, I realized sure. I was like, well, I didn't actually go. I got a delivery, <laughs> but I was too lazy to actually go over there, but it, I got a chicken sandwich. I got, it had like grilled chicken and cheese and like the cilantro sauce, which the cilantro sauce was very delicious. And I got fried yuca as a side. And I, here's my take. There is a place in downtown Orlando called Super Rico oh, and God. Super Rico is significantly better. So if you are looking for, if you like Pollo Tropical, but want a better version, go to Super Rico, which is, I place. was coming back from a beach trip on the East coast. A couple last was a week and a half ago. And like on that part of I-4 where I kind of like we passed Amway Center and like that whole like area, I for some reason I wasn't like, oh, I mean, I did kind of like, like, oh, like there's Amway and there's like whatever. I kind of like my eye wandered to the other side and I was like, oh, Super Rico's over there. Super Rico's so freaking good. I And yeah. And this is my and, take on Pollo Tropical because I want to clarify, it was not bad at all. It was a perfectly fine lunch. My take was just- not, not the Chick-fil-A of Florida. It was not the Chick-fil-A of Florida. I did not finish it and believe I need to tell other people about it. I think I've taken everyone in my life to Super Rico at this point. Like when I had that place for the first time, I was like, everyone, I've taken you, I've I, like I've taken everybody. So Super Rico, literally, the, uh, this is now free advertising for Super Rico. Go eat at Super Rico <laughs> in downtown Orlando. It, it's it's Colombian is the is the like specific type of food, but they have amazing food. It's so Very freaking good. good. There you go. Very good. Highly recommend. Um, they're the Pollo Tropical of downtown Orlando. I don't know. Let's just <laughs> keep the chain going. Sure. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please keep sending in those five star reviews and ask some questions with them. We're we're running a little low on questions, so hit us up. We've got some more some more questions that we want to get to uh, in the coming weeks, but need some more to bridge that gap until the season starts. Um, but we'll be back next week with episode one hundred fifty. Crazy. That seems crazy we're gonna do something special like, for how, how nice is it that on episode 149 i was like nothing we say matters be back for episode 150 next week <laughs> yeah um, let's tell you man but then never thought we'd make 150 honestly did you really um, not i didn't either but did you not either kind of no like i was just thinking early on it was just like oh we'll do this for a while we might get bored of it like i, mean, once I we got never past, thought like, i've definitely thought for a long time we would but early oh, on, yeah I yeah yeah i did yeah but like early on like once i think once we got through the first like football season i think and we just kept doing it it was just like yeah i don't like why would we stop yeah i don't know i like when we definitely when we started started i did not think it was gonna last mainly because i didn't think people were gonna listen and we were pleasantly surprised when people did so thank you i'm for listening still to the stunned podcast. that you guys listen to this podcast. we always appreciate it so very much I'm still very surprised that you guys listen, but keep listening. We'll be back with episode 150 next week. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.